0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for March 16th, 2021. I'm teaching a series entitled Progress on Purpose. I've been teaching it all year. I'm laying the foundation for 2021. I believe that God has declared that we can level up in every area, in every facet, in every aspect of our lives. God has declared new levels over us for 2021, for this season. But there's a difference between God declaring it, God decreeing it, heaven, uh, heaven announcing it, And you receiving it. (laughs) So God releases everything by grace, but we have to receive it by faith. If you want progress, you're going to have to be intentional. If you want progress, you are going to have to pursue it on purpose. All right, so that said, uh, let's get into the message for this morning. I've been teaching this series entitled Progress on Purpose, like I said, and I've been uh, laying a foundation. I said that I would cover m- pursuing progress on purpose in five areas. Number one, spiritually. Number two, financially. Number three, physically. We've covered those three already. You can go back uh, you know, on the website, todaysword.org or youtube.com forward slash Rick Pina. All those messages are there. All the messages are free. Uh, number four, internally, that's where we are right now. And then number five, externally. So from an internally perspective, I told you that I would teach you to be anxious for nothing. We covered that already. To receive unshakable peace. How to have joy and peace in believing. Like the excitement that comes from joy. That's why I'm excited every morning. The stability that comes from peace. If you can have joy and peace while you're waiting on God, you're going to be able to wait on God for the long haul. Um, I taught you about the importance of relaxing and, and you know getting rest, like physical rest relaxing your mind, relaxing your heart. And then lastly, the highest form of faith is rest. That's where we are right now. So I've been teaching on the highest form of faith being rest for a few days, and I'm going to flow in that same vein again today. The title of today's message is The Highest Form of Faith Part Two. So I'm flowing in the same vein, The Highest Form of Faith Part Two. What's crazy about this is I was just thinking about this. What I'm about to teach you right now and I've taught on this before, and, and, and but this is something uh, that really I, I believe is critical for you to get down in your heart. And what I'm about to teach on today uh, is something that took me over 20 years to learn, right? And what's amazing about preaching is that I can take something. It took me over 20 years to learn something. And here I am. I'm going to try to make a deposit in 20 minutes. <laughs> so it took me over 20 years to, to get this. And now I'm going to just share it with you uh in 20 minutes and I pray that you open up your heart to receive. You ready? All right, so I have three things to share with you on this morning. The first one is really the main point and the two are like supporting points. But the first one is the main one. Here we go. The first point is this. You can rest when you really believe that God made plans for you before the world began. Like I mean like for real for real. You can rest when you believe that God made plans for you before the world began. I'm going to give you scripture for this because this is I say it all the time, but Until you get the concept of it, I I don't think you really get the revelation. You can't walk it out. So Ecclesiastes 3 and 15, the Bible says, that which is, so has already been. So look around for a minute. I don't know where you are. You could be in your car. If you're driving, don't, you know, just make sure you're okay. But you could be at home. You could be wherever you are. The Bible says, that which is, whatever you see right now, has already been. The current situation that you're in. It has already been, the Bible says. And then the Bible goes on to say, and that which will be has already been. Oh man, that's the one that, that kind of baffles people's minds. This is supernatural. This is not a human ability. You got to receive this through the revelation of, of the Holy Spirit. Everything that is right now in your life has already been. And everything that will be, like that hasn't happened yet, has already been. And then the text says, God seeks that which has passed by. So that history can repeat itself or his story can repeat itself in your life. God is seeking that which he planned, which he already saw play out. He's looking at you. He sees your whole life play out before his eyes. And then he rewinds the tape and press play the day, press play the day you were born. And now when he looks at you, he's looking for what he planned. It's like when God said to, A, uh, to Adam, where are you? It wasn't like God didn't know where Adam was. He was like, oh, snap, what are you doing, son? That's not part of the plan he was like, where are you? Like, I mean, why, why are you outside of the plan? When God looks at us today, he's looking for what he planned. He's looking for what he saw. The text says he's looking for history to repeat itself, for his story to repeat itself in our lives. So if that's true and it is, then your life has already been mapped out. God has already prepared for your success. God prepared for your arrival. God prepared. And now he's preparing you for everything he prepared for you. He God prepared for you. You got to get this down in your heart. So if you're stressing, like right now, 2021, if you're stressed out, like you tuned into this message, oh my God, I need a word because I'm stressed out. If you're stressing, then and you're relying on human ability is is because of one of two things. Number one, either you are pursuing something that God didn't plan, right? And that leads to frustration. Frustration sets in when you're making a demand on God for something. And you put in Jesus name on the end of it and you get some scriptures to support what you're doing, but you're like, God got to give it to me. Okay. Well, now you're making a demand on God for something that he never planned for you to have. So frustration is going to set in because you can't make God give you something that he didn't already plan. If everything that is has already been and everything that will be has already been, then yeah, you probably need to just discover instead of just be so determined to, to pursue selfish desires, Right. Or number two, you're trying to work for something that's already done. Now, that's equally as bad. So number one is I'm pursuing something that's not God's will. And then number two is I'm pursuing something that is God's will, but I'm pursuing it my way. So God revealed to me that I'm supposed to have this business or I'm supposed to have this uh, career. I'm supposed to have, I'm supposed to go to this school, whatever. But then if you're trying to pursue God's will your way with human power, human ability, human strength, then I already told you, if you're going to do all the work, God will sit back and rest. But if you learn how to rest, then God can work. And so, so now like, okay, either you're pursuing the wrong thing or you're pursuing the right thing the wrong way. Both of those lead to being stressed out. Both of those lead to, to pulling your hair out, not getting stressed, uh, not getting sufficient rest and your body breaking down. So there's a difference between like, I'm not saying you do nothing. No, I mean, faith is an action word, but there's a difference between you providing the faith and the action to receive. What you believe God has already provided and you operating as a mere human trying to make something happen on your own. You know, like people say, well, if you need, if you want something, you got to go, you got to go get it. You got to go make it happen. Well, if you want to go make stuff happen on your own, God is like, okay, go ahead. But you're going to just live your life based on human power, human ability, human strength. And that's not the will of God. And so success in life is not a matter of more trying. If it was about trying, come on, we would have been there already. Look, I'm Dominican. I I was raised working Isabella. I thought I I started working at 13. Isabella was working. She was out there doing things in the fields when she was six and seven years old. So it's not a matter of more trying. If it was about trying, we would have got there already. Success in Christ is not a matter of more trying. Success in Christ is a matter of more dying. You got to learn how to die, how to die self. You have to die to the person that you became on your own without God so that you could become the man, the woman that God called you to be. I got born again when I was 23 years old. I already had an identity. I already was a person. I already had ideas. I already had plans. I already had desires, but I did all of that without God. So once I got born again, I had to die to that person, to that persona, to those plans, to those desires so that I can discover the plans that God had for me from the foundations of the world so that I can learn how to rest in that. See, once you die, then you can rest. Once you die, you can rest. Because at that point, when God looks at you, he's like, oh, snap. Now I can see my story. When God looks at you now, your life is all about him. You, you're not a self-made man. You're a God-made man. You're not a self-made woman. You're a God-made woman. Now now you're not living your life on your own terms. You're only doing what the father leads you to, to do. So at that point, when God looks at you, he sees what he saw from the foundations of the world and history or his story is repeating itself in your life. That's the way we're supposed to live. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 says, he, God has made everything beautiful in his time. God is also planted eternity. Now in, in Ecclesiastes three, you know, this whole passage is talking about time. There's a time for this and a time for that. So here he's talking about time, but then he's talking about eternity. And remember he's in eternity and we're in time and we live our lives out within the continuum of time. And God is outside of time. God is not limited by time because how can be, he be limited by something he created? So God is outside of time. And the text says that God made, makes everything beautiful in its time and God has pl- planted eternity. God takes something out of eternity. So here's my life. Like this is the whole span of my life, right? I was born here. I'll die here. And right now let's say I'm right here. Ooh, there's more on this side than that side. Thank God for that. Well, anyway, let's say that I'm right here. God will snatch something from over here. Like in my future, it's future to me, but past to him. So God will snatch something out of my future. It's future to me, but past to him. And then God will reveal it to me. And so God is snatching something from eternity and planting it in my heart and in my mind in time. And this is what the text says. God has made everything beautiful in his time. God also has planted eternity in men's hearts, in men's minds. And this becomes a divinely implanted sense of purpose, working through the ages, which nothing under the sun, but God alone can satisfy. Yet so that men cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So the text is saying that God will snatch something out of my future, future to me, but past to him. And that he will plant it in my heart, plant it in my mind. And it becomes this divinely implanted sense of purpose, working through the ages, which nothing under the sun alone, but God can satisfy. So what does that mean? That means that once God reveals something to me, I will never be satisfied until I become what I saw. I will never be satisfied until I become what God revealed. I will never. There's something I saw myself. I already saw myself doing it. I already saw myself being it. I already. I saw it. I see it. I have it. I know it. And so I go into my prayer closet. God reminds me again. It's like God plays a commercial right before me and I can see myself doing it. And I will never be satisfied until I become that faith peers into eternity from time and then comes back to rest in what it saw. Faith peers into heaven from the earth and then comes back and and is able to rest in what was revealed. That is the life of faith. Faith doesn't believe it's going to happen. Faith believes it's already done. Faith is knowing that it's already done. Faith is becoming fully persuaded of what God revealed. Faith is not about you coming up with something. Let me snatch... Let me cut out a Rolls Royce out of this magazine, put it on my, ma- on my refrigerator and I decree and I declare God, you gotta give me this Rolls Royce. Look, if God wants you to have a Rolls Royce, you can have 10. God could c- care less about a Rolls Royce. But, but the thing is, it's not, but it can't start in your heart. It, it has to start at his heart. Faith is about being convinced of what God planned. Faith, it, faith is about being convinced of what God decided. Faith is not about you trying to get God to put a yes on your plans. Faith is about God trying to get you to put a yes on his plans. Faith is what happens when you get this divinely implanted sense of purpose. And now you will never be satisfied until you become what you saw. That's the life of faith. And this is how we're supposed to live. When you are fully persuaded, you can rest. All right. Another scripture. Second Timothy one and nine. And all of this is from the first point, because I told you, I really got to drive this home. Second Timothy one and nine, the Bible says God has saved us. And he called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus. When before the world began. So this text teaches us a few things. First of all, this text teaches us that God didn't just save us. God saved us and called us. If all God wanted you to do was be saved. Let's say you're saved Are you saved? you're born again. You accept that Jesus is Lord. OK, well, you're still here. If all God wanted for you to do was to be saved, then you would be in heaven. You would be dead. You'd be gone. Obviously, you're here because you have a calling. God saved us and called us. With the holy calling. God called us with the holy calling so that your life can be about something that's bigger than just you. God saved you and called you with a holy calling so that your life could be about something that's bigger than just selfish desires. Your life can be about God. So God did not do this. The Bible says he didn't do it based on our performance, based on our merit, because we had a perfect Sunday school attendance record. No, the Bible says that God saved us and called us solely, solely based on his purpose and grace. And he did all of this. The text says. In Christ Jesus, when? Before the world began. I'm in the book. All right, Ephesians 2 and 10. I'm going to give you another one. Ephesians 2 and 10, easy to read version. The Bible says God made us what we are. I'm not a self-made man. I'm a God-made man. But the Bible says God has made us what we are. In Christ Jesus, God made us new people once we were born again. Why did God make us new people? The text says so that we could then spend the rest of our lives doing the good things, the good works that God already planned for us to do. How, how plain is that? God made us new people. Why? So that we could spend the rest of our lives doing the good works that God already planned for us to do. See, we're not saved by works, but we're saved for work. You're not saved to sit, you're saved to serve. The reason why Isabella and I are always doing stuff because we're doing whatever we're led to do. Now we get rest too and all of that, I got it. But you you only get one chance at this thing. You only get one life. You gotta do what God called you to do. There are good works that God planned for you to do already in advance, before the world began, that you should do, Ephesians 2 and 10. That's what the text says. So we were born to do these things. Once you discover that I'm born to do this, I'm born to do that. Then that means that I have the grace to do it. God would never expect me to do something he has not equipped me to do. And because he expects me to do it and he equipped me to do it, then I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to do it being stressed out. I'm going to do it resting while I'm working. I'm going to be working while I'm resting because I know that God already prepared me for it and it's already done. You got it. All right. Number two, I told you three points. Uh, I have number two. So the next two is not going to be as long, but there's like supporting fires. All right. Number two. You can rest when you are fully persuaded of what God promised you. You, you got to be fully persuaded. Truly living by faith means that you have accepted God's word. You are led of God's spirit. You are resting on what he promised and you're only doing what he tells you to do. That's it. That's the life of faith. When you get to this point, then the work can work unhindered, right? Remember when I was talking about weeds growing while the word is growing and all of that. And then the weeds could choke out the word. See, if you get to this point and you're resting, then now the word that's in your heart, it can produce a harvest. You know why? Because at that point you don't have weeds. What were the weeds? Remember, there was three kinds, the cares of this world, the love of money, selfish desires. So you, you're not, you don't have the cares of this world. You're not stressed out. You're not pursuing the love of money. Now money's a tool, but money is not your master. Money's your servant, not your master. And then you don't have selfish desires. You're pursuing what God wants for you to pursue. And at that point, these things are not competing with the word. So the work can work. That's it. You're entering into God's rest and you believe is already done. And then number three, and finally, the last point for this morning is actually a really important one too. You can rest when you know that you cannot disqualify yourself from something you never qualify for in the first place. I mean, let me say this. Let me be clear about this. You cannot disqualify yourself from something you never qualify for in the first place. So going back to the analogy of the promotion list, remember I gave you that a few days ago where my name is on the list. Right. So I know it's already done, but I'm not going to pin on the rank for a year or whatever, you know, that time comes, but I already know it's already done, but I'm not wearing the rank yet because it's not the right time, but I already know it's already done. All right. So going back to that, that analogy. So when God reveals something to you that he already planned, it's already done. Maybe it hasn't happened yet, but it's already done. So basically God is confirming to you that your name is on the list, like the proverbial list of the promotion list. But then let's say that you do something wrong. Let's say that uh, you sin. How about that? How about you sin? You sin, you mess up, you miss the mark, you do something wrong. Um, at that point, Satan is going to come in and say, you see, now you, now you disqualified yourself. Yeah, yeah, you was believing God is on your vision board. You've been telling everybody this is going to happen. You wrote it down. It's in your prayer closet. I see it on the wall. All of that. And Satan says, yeah, but now you've disqualified yourself. You disqualified yourself. And if you believe Satan that you've disqualified yourself, then you're deceived. Here's some points that um, you can use to combat Satan's argument. First of all, God doesn't have to wait to Sunday to know what you're going to do on Sunday. So God already knew that you were going to mess up and he called you anyway. So when God revealed it to you, he already knew you were going to mess up. And here's another thing. You're not called by merit. You're not called by performance. You're called by grace. So it's not a, it was not based on your performance anyway. Here's another thing. God did not promise to bless you because you're good. God promised to bless you because God is good. And then lastly, you cannot disqualify yourself from something you never qualified for in the first place. Jesus qualified you. Romans eleven twenty nine. I, I want you to get this scripture down in your heart. I'm going to read Romans eleven twenty nine from the King James and from the NIV. The Bible says, King James, for the giftings and the callings of God are without repentance. That sounds good, but you may not understand it. The NIV says God's gift. And his call on your life are irrevocable. Let me say that. Now you understand that, right? Irrevocable. God will not take it back. God called you. So if you mess up, you mess up. God already knew you were going to mess up. Repent, move on, repent, receive forgiveness, forgive yourself and keep stepping. You cannot disqualify yourself. God didn't call you based on you. God called you based on him. Let me just say this. I'm going to use this example of something that's going on current events and then we'll close. So right now on the internet, um, people are talking about Kirk Franklin. Kirk Franklin had an, uh, an exchange, uh, with his oldest son. His oldest son was disrespectful. Kirk Franklin cursed him out as a born again, believer. You shouldn't use that language, but I understand he was frustrated. He's human. He sinned. He missed the mark. He messed up. Okay. Now Satan will tell Kirk Franklin, Hey, now you, you disqualified yourself. Let's say for example. And, and don't act like you all that, like, you know, I mean, maybe cursing is not your thing, but you have other issues. And so we all have issues, right? Don't, don't act like you, you, you like you, let's say this person has a problem with chocolate cake and, and you don't have a problem with chocolate cake. This person can't be around chocolate cake without eating it. And you could be right there and it doesn't even bother you, but you got this secret obsession with sweet potato pie. And so, so yeah, just because you're is a secret and you're not a public figure, doesn't mean that you don't sin So don't even come to me with that. But here's the thing though. Um, let's say that you did mess up and let's say that like somebody pushed you to the brink and you cussed somebody out like Kirk Franklin happened, like that situation. Uh, let's say you got a phone call. It's your crazy cousin and you were about to go to church and you're about to leave prayer at church, but you got this phone call and one thing led to another and you cussed out your crazy cousin. And now you're like, the devil says you can't go to, pro- you can't go to church. You can't pray. How you going to pray? You just cussed her out. You, how you going to pray? You're not qualified to pray. Okay, can I help you out? You were not qualified before the phone call. You were not qualified before the phone call. Listen, you were not qualified. You are not qualified. God qualified you. Jesus qualified you. I am who I am by the grace of God. I'm qualified, not because of me, but because of Jesus. Jesus qualified me. So it's not about me. It's about him. And so, yes, I repent. I receive forgiveness, I forgive myself, and I keep stepping. You know why? Because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ, not because of what I do, not because of what I fail to do, but only because of what Jesus did. And when you get this, you can rest. Man, this is good. I'm a sower seed in my own self. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. (laughs) I want you to lift up your voice and speak this. Say, Father, you have called and commanded me to walk and live by faith. You are now teaching me to truly understand what that looks like. You made plans for me before the world began. I was born ignorant of those plans. So I pursued life on my own terms. I was then born again. Now your Holy Spirit reveals to me what was prepared for me, but concealed from me. This revelation becomes... A divinely implanted sense of purpose. And I will never be satisfied until I become what you revealed. For me to get there, I must learn to rest in your promises. I declare that I do. I know it's already done. I am fully persuaded. Therefore, I rest. Living this way, I level up in every area of my life in 2021. And I boldly declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, you want my notes, go to todaysword.org. You get everything for free. So go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I told you getting started. This is a message that was going to bless you. I took what I, It took me over 20 years to learn something and I'm giving it to you in 20 minutes. This is a message you probably need to listen to again. Get this down in your heart. Share this message right now. Do me a favor. If this message has been a blessing to you, please share, me, uh, share some comments in the chat. I go back and I read every comment and then share it right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I'm not done with this thought. I'm going to close out entering into God's rest tomorrow. So meet me uh, tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. I love you. God loves you more. I'll see you tomorrow.